What's up, everybody? This is Wes Hoffman, and this is another episode of Wes Hoffman with Friends. And I'm sorry, I took a little bit of a break there for a minute. I was out for about a month or so, and I really just was getting ready to put out some new music and uh, took a trip with my girlfriend. So uh, I just took a little bit of time off. But this episode is with my friend Andy Pohl from Sell the Heart Records. Highly recommend you checking out his podcast, Question the Answers as well as his label, Sell the Heart. Uh, You can find them on Instagram, at Sell the Heart Records. Um, That's pretty much it, as far as an intro goes. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends. Share it on Instagram. We'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you, and much love. All right, what's up, everybody? Uh, This is Wes Hoffman, and this is another episode of Wes Hoffman with Friends. And um, today I'm here with um, a new friend, Andy Pohl. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. Thanks so much, Wes. Yeah. 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 Did I pronounce your last name right? You did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if there was some weird pronunciation that I didn't know about. Um, uh, but thanks so much for coming on, man. I, I didn't tell you. Um, so that how I kind of found out about your label, um, Sell the Heart Records, was um, on Twitter. It's actually a pretty cool story. I don't know if you're like believe in synchronicities or anything like that but um it was kind of synchronistic i was listening to one of the bands on your label um next scars it was the day that their most recent song i think it's called jarring comes out came out and um i was like oh what label are they on i I love just scrolling down on spotify and seeing like the little what label put it out and i was like oh sell the heart i was like i really like that name um that just you know i hadn't heard of the label before and then um, I work with a publicist. Um, her name's Val. She has this uh, company called What Happened to Your Band. And um, on Twitter, she's looking to like interview labels about like how they've gotten through the pandemic. And you were like tweeting with her. And I was like, I made the connection. I was like, oh, I was just listening to Nexgars today and, and found out about, you know, your label. So that's kind of how I connected with you. And then I saw all the cool stuff that you're doing. And um, I just feel like, you know, I know you play in Tsunami Bomb, and you have a label and you have a podcast and I feel like we're kind of, um, you know, I'm a similar person who just likes to do a lot of different projects. I also have a band and I was like, this dude seems cool. I want to talk to him. So, <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I absolutely uh, believe in in that phenomenon, like synchronicities and kind of happenstance. You know, I mean, sometimes it's just a matter of being in the right place at the right time, but you know, when that does happen and it's all serendipitous, you know, like that, it, it, it usually yields interesting and, you know, oftentimes very positive results. So I certainly appreciate you reaching out to me. So yeah, thanks. It's great to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that, with what you said. Like, I'm not, I'm not a huge believer in like, I like the phrase, everything happens for a reason. Um, but I don't necessarily, I think you can look back at your life and see, oh, well, this, all, all the decisions that you made led you up to this point kind of type thing. And it can seem like, oh, wow, this was the plan all along that led me to like where I'm at. Um, and then, you know, certain decisions like, you know, when relationships end or you get fired from a job and then you get a new job that's better than the one that you had before. It's like it all seems like it, it kind of unfolds perfectly. But when you're in those moments, it's like it feels like it's not. <laughs> well, I think I think that touches on what you and I were talking about just before we started where, you know, when you, when you add a lot of resistance to the way that your life is going, um, that kind of builds more for lack of a better word, like problems, 
with the way that life unfolds because i i agree like uh fate and like destiny and like all those concepts i'm not sure if i necessarily 100 percent um like buy into that idea but at the same time um i do feel like you can let life naturally just do what it does um and i think that when you don't push so hard against what's naturally occurring then the way that things are supposed to unfold kind of just unfold and you know i i think that that tends to yield much more positive and um i guess good outcomes than when you build up like so much resistance so you know i'm trying, I'm trying to choose my words lightly or correctly there you know <laughs> yeah yeah i completely agree with that and you know just while you were talking like the times in my life where i've had like the most resistance are the times or where i've tried to force something to happen and really like oh i want to make this happen i trying to will this to happen um you know it, it doesn't always work out for me the best um and then the other times where i've been just kind of put it out there like i'd really you know I'll just kind of put the idea out there into the universe. Like, I'd really like to do this. I'd really like to do this, play a show with this band or do this or that. Like, and kind of just think about how cool that would be. Like, the signs will kind of come up of, like, how to make the breadcrumbs. My, I, I, I've worked with a life coach in the past. And he, he talk, he's like, follow the breadcrumbs. Like, you know, put the intention out there and then, like, look for little signs to, like, make that happen. But don't push too hard and, like, let it kind of unfold in its own way. And, um, yeah, that, that tends to work for me a lot better than just being like, you know, I love that idea of like, I, some people have that, just that vigor of like, I'm going to make this happen no matter what, you know, like, I don't care if there's a brick wall in front of me, I'm going to push through it. Um, I have a little bit of that too, but like, I'm also kind of like, Hey, uh, you know, if there's a little bit of resistance here, maybe there's a different way to do this and I'll just let it happen. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so. no, I, I think that there is something to be said about having a, a drive and like a thing that uh, motivates you and a thing that pushes you to continue forward and achieve the goals that you want to achieve. Um, because without that, I, I, I feel like life would be less interesting. But um, at the same time, um, you can you can kind of balance that out with just kind of going with the flow and letting life just kind of unfold naturally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree. We're all, all on the same, on the same page for sure. So, <laughs> well, tell me a little bit about like, about that then, like, you know, I know you've started this label and, um, you know, you, I, I had heard about Nexgars, um, which is, they, are there, are they from the East coast? Yeah. They're based out of like, um, New York, like just kind of the North side of New York city. Okay. So like, um, Bronx area. Okay. Awesome. So I, I remember hearing about them. I'm a big fan of this band, um, American Thrills, and um, I think yeah. their 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 bands are buddies, and that's maybe how I heard about them. Um, uh, so I had heard about them, and then you know now I found out about your label. Like, what was you know talking about all this like resistance and this motivation and inspiration? Like, what was your what was the spark that kind of uh, you know lit the fire for you to want to start a um, you know the little label that could. <laughs> I saw you um, refer to that that way in a post earlier today. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I like to think of this record label as like that, that the little engine that could, because it's like you know, it's it's really just a one person operation. With you know, I, I get I get assistance from you know the the bands that I work with. Like they help 
propel it forward. And then I, you know, I work with PR people and sure. some booking people and whatnot. But for the most part, it's, it's a one person operation. Um, it started off actually about a little, almost a little over 10 years ago now. And it was actually supposed to, to be like a group effort where it was like five of us. And we, we thought that it would be cool to kind of have it doled out where everyone had like a specific job where like one person would be doing booking for bands another person would be doing like PR another person would be doing a little bit more of like the facilitating of uh, other promotional and marketing kind of stuff or we, we kind of thought that it would be cool to do like a one-stop shop for bands yeah because you know oftentimes you know when you sign with a label regardless of what size it is they only really facilitate maybe one or two aspects of like your pushing the band forward right um because in you know the, the traditional sense of the word, you a band might have a manager, it might have a booking manager, and it might have a publicist, it might have a um, uh, I don't know like a I don't know like an accountant or something or like you know other people, and all you're doing is just paying these people you know what little money you have. So you know we were thinking, well, if, if we're going to work with these smaller bands, we kind of want to offer them more than just what the normal label would be, which is like, oh well, we'll we'll pay to get a, the album pressed. And that'll be that. And then the rest is up to you. Um, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. Like there are plenty of labels that do that and they're fine and it, and it works. Um, but that was what we wanted to do. Uh, pretty quickly though, it, 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 it became pretty, um, pretty prevalent that that model wasn't so much not, it wasn't that it wasn't going to work. It's just that it was kind of not really necessary at the time because really the bands that we were working with, kind of didn't need a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had this, this high ambitious idea that in reality wasn't, wasn't really needed, you know? Um, but in hindsight though, I surely would like to have a group of people that were working with me in, you know, unison doing that now, you know, but I, I think that after having gone through the process of building the label to what it is right now, which is still very small. Like, I mean, we're, we're, we're a very small label, you know, when it comes down to it. But um, if I did have like four other people that were working with me on these things, we could be doing so much more, you know? So, um, but I think it took a while to kind of grow into a point where that was even going to be needed. Um, and sometimes bands don't want those things. Like maybe they already have a booking agent that they're already working with. Um, or maybe they have a publicist that they work with really well. So, um, but I don't know. The, the main driving point for me to kind of start it was just because I felt like, A, at the time, there weren't a lot of labels in the area that were doing anything like this. So I wanted to have something that could kind of document the local scene um, and yeah. kind of work with some of the bands. Because I thought the bands were good and I thought that, you know, offering them something that could kind of help propel them to a wider audience could be cool. Um, and I certainly wasn't like an expert and I didn't have like a ton of, you know, connections or anything, but I had a lot of drive and I had a lot of what I felt were, um, I guess, uh, initial initiative kind of resources at my disposal where I was like, yeah, well, I don't mind sending emails. Like I don't mind answering emails. I don't mind making phone calls. I don't mind doing these things. And a lot of musicians do mind doing that stuff. Like they, they feel like that kind of hurts their art, you know? Mm. Um, and I mean, I don't know, like, I, I think that any, any musician that's really trying to do this the right way kind of needs to have that flexibility to do those things. And you kind of have to do it that way. But, 
um, some get lucky and they don't ever have to really grind like that. You know, like there's, they're that good or like they get noticed really early. But for most bands, I, I think they really need like a, a community of people that are going to help them. And I've just always wanted to be part of that community. I've, uh, I've always wanted to have that for myself and the bands that I've been in. You know, I've been fortunate to have had people like that to help me with other bands that I've been in. So I know how valuable it is. So I just figured I could help out in some way. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, um, I really like kind of where you're coming from with that. And I, um, something that you said really resonated with me was just like a, a couple things. Like A, having the passion to kind of like, I, I see this too. Like I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, and I feel like there's a lot of um, good bands out there, but there's nothing to really help propel them forward. And um, sometimes you also kind of hit the nail on the head. Like some, there's some good bands out there, but you also have to be, if you want to propel it forward. And I've always been this way when I was a, a kid playing in bands. And now part of the reason why I do this podcast and, and you know, is, I, I don't mind being that person that's like pushing, I, I like writing the music and playing shows and doing all that stuff, but I also don't mind being the person that's pushing the project forward, ordering the merch, booking the shows, um, working with a publicist, um, trying to get it on different um, playlists and stuff like that, and trying to kind of just make more connections. And um, I really feel like you kind of have to, in, unless you, um, somebody explained it to me this way one time, like, there's almost always one guy in the band that is like that, that's doing that. Like either sometimes it's a lead singer, sometimes it's a drummer, or like, you know, or they have a friend that's a manager that's like, Hey, I, that, you know, I, I can really get you guys going on this. And like, I want to help push you forward. And, um, I agree. I feel like, um, maybe that's where I, I feel like you have to have a little bit of that, like shameless self-promotion and that drive to kind of like, Hey, listen to my music. Like <laughs> I'm putting it out there. I'm trying to, you know, let people know what's going on. Absolutely. I mean, it, like it's a, it's a conversation that I have with a lot of bands and a lot of musicians. And um, personally, I don't think that there's anything wrong with self-promotion. Yeah. Like, I just don't, I just don't think that there is at all. And some people will, will disagree with me. I, they, they'll think that, Oh, well, there's like a limit. I think, well, if, I mean, yeah, like there is a limit. Like you, like, for instance, you should not go out and literally message everyone that you're a friend with on Facebook and send them, you know, every single thing you're doing every single time you're doing it. Right, right. right. Like, you shouldn't do that. That's that's literally spamming people, right? And people will be turned off by it. It's just a, a natural phenomenon. I don't think it takes a genius to understand that that's not a very good way to approach it, right? But posting... A post on your feed every day I don't think there's any there's anything wrong with that um, because you're at that point you're not kind of forcing the issue with people it's more of a passive thing yeah you know where the people that are actually engaged and, and are interested they can choose to take part in it versus you like messaging them and you know like when you when you min when you message somebody there's like the sense of urgency it's like oh I gotta see what this is you know and it's almost like you tricked them you know, into seeing it and people don't like that, you know, so you're going to turn people off that way. But, you know, posting some of your day or like paying for a paid post on, on Instagram or something like that. Or, you know, if you have a mailing list and you send people an email, um, it's like, okay, well, I'm giving you the opportunity to unsubscribe. So you can unsubscribe anytime, but you know, until you do that, you've basically given me the permission to do this, you know? So, 
Um, I think it's just a matter of being smart about it and being a little savvy, you know, because um, a good friend of mine who's a, uh, a promoter and he actually runs this really great um, kind of artists, um, uh, what's the right word for it? Um, oh God, it's, it's escaping me. It's like a, um, God damn it, why can't I think of it? <laughs> uh, it's a, uh, he, it's, a, it's like a consultancy basically, right? So he works with artists to kind of grow them. He, he doesn't manage them, but he kind of helps them with like a lot of um, tricks and tools that he knows. And one of the things that he hardcore sells to, to artists, and I firmly agree with this, is you shouldn't put stuff in front of people unless it has value, mm. right? So if you're posting every day, you got to make sure that the post is meaningful and that it's going to be something that isn't just white noise, you know? Because that's unfortunately what we have to deal with with the internet is a oh, ton I- of white noise. Like an insane amount of white noise. So there's a million bands. They're all playing shows. They're all releasing music. They're all doing the exact same things. So you got to figure out a way to kind of cut through all that white noise by either being very creative or, you know, maybe paying somebody to help you with that. Um, Or just by virtue of being really, really, really good at what you do, you know, and there are bands that can do that, obviously. Um, But in our case, I, I think that what I'm trying to do still is I'm trying to grow. So I'm still in that spot where I don't feel like it's so bad to like post often um, and just try to keep up with like the message. Like, hey, I've got all these bands. They're all doing a lot of different stuff. So um, I just try to keep it, you know, uh, as valuable as I possibly can without annoying people. You know? Yeah, and I, I, I totally agree with you on that. I think like if you're posting every day, you know, if you like um, – just that passive way of like, hey, here's what we've got going on this week. Like, this band is playing here, and this, you know, this is what's going on. Or, um, you know, people can. I feel like a lot of people forget that they can hit the mute button or they can hit the unfollow button. And like, you know, if people people unfollow me, I don't take it personally. Like, maybe they're just not interested in what I'm doing anymore. Maybe they, you know, it's somebody who followed me from several years ago, and they don't want to see what I'm doing with music now. Like, you know. Um, that's just, and that's just how it is. Like it doesn't, um, I think people forget that they can do that. And I did want to hit on something that you said is, um, I've noticed that on your posts on sell the hearts Instagram, like you're really good at, um, being creative with like using reels and kind of like, um, you know, Instagram reels, how you can like green screen the background and everything. And like, um, so your posts definitely do like, as I'm scrolling through, like, they stand out to me a little bit more because I feel like they're a little bit more creative than just a photo of something. You know what I mean? And sometimes, you know, I go, I was actually going through today and I was like, Oh, Andy's popped up. Like I'm going to hear what he has to say. Like, you know what I mean? And, um, uh, it's, it's just a little bit more fun and it's a little bit different. And, um, I've recently started doing that with TikTok. you know, like, um, as I, I just went into the recording studio this weekend and as I was kind of getting into it, I was like, how can I share like my um, kind of behind the scenes? This is how I'm preparing to go into the studio and how I'm rehearsing and everything. And maybe there's a little bit of value and stuff like that, that, you know, I think me growing up, I'm 38. Like I had an an MXPX VHS tape that like, you know, that I think they only made one or two of these where it was like a behind the scenes, like it'd show you their van and like them hanging out and, 
practicing and stuff like that. And, you know, it was like a 30 minute and then had a couple of music videos on it and some interviews and stuff. And it was like a 30 minute, 45 minute video. And that's like what you got as far as, you know, behind the scenes stuff from the, your favorite band. And now it's crazy because it's just exactly like you said, like you can see what everybody's doing all the time. I mean, it's not every waking moment of what people are doing, but I don't really care to see every single minute. You know what I mean? Just give me the good stuff, you know? Um, so did you find that like, um, you know, early on when you were doing this, you said the label's about 10, 10 years old. Like, did you immediately, cause I feel like you have to be on social media. That's kind of the way, um, to get people to follow, you know, if they're following you, it, it helps get the word out, but it gives them a platform to like stay informed about what you're doing. Did you adapt to that pretty quickly or was that something that you've just picked up, you know, over the last few years? Um, initially social media for the label, it was certainly something that I tried to incorporate pretty early. Um, but you know, I, I had a, uh, I didn't have MySpace, So the, the label started, kind of post MySpace. I think MySpace okay. was just kind of like fading at that point. But we had a, um, a, a Facebook pretty early. And, you know, we were on there. But, um, you know, things moved so slow for the label at, at first that uh, we didn't leverage it nearly as much as I think we could have. Um, we didn't, what we didn't do, which I'm, I, I fully regret, is I didn't really incorporate a mailing list, like an emailing list, uh, mm. early enough, right? Um, and I'm only really starting to like really build that now because emailing lists are still like fundamentally probably your, your number one, you know, tool to actually contact people, um, because people check their email. Right. And, um, you know, people do obviously check Facebook and stuff like that, but because of the way that algorithms work, you know, sometimes your, your posts aren't even seen by like almost 90%, even 95% of your followers don't even see the stuff you're posting. So if you have a, an email list, like that doesn't get throttled, you know, and the only way that people leave is if they unsubscribe or if they just don't open it. So at least you have a direct line that way. So that that's what I think I'm trying to leverage more of right now. But with respect to social media, I mean, you're right. It's, it's an absolutely, it's an absolute necessary evil. I think that bands that can get away that, that are able to get away with not utilizing it are, are really bands that have already plugged into like some sort of like a niche or, you know, they just have like an audience that, you know, maybe just is able to come to them without the use of social media, like maybe like word of mouth or something like that. And, and I mean, that, it does exist. You know, there's there's plenty of bands like that. But um, the, the way that I'm trying to utilize it now is, like you said, like I'm trying to put a little bit more of like a, a personal touch on it, uh, where instead of just posting a photo, you know, every day uh, for the year and it's just like a stream of photos, like <laughs> yeah. static photos. Uh, every once in a while, I'll actually just try to get on there and talk to people and say, Hey, like, how's it going? This is what we've got going on. And like, I really appreciate the fact that you've, you know, bought this record and like, I'm really excited about it. Or like, here's a little history about the record or the band or, you know, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like those are the videos that kind of get my attention more often um, than just, you know, a steady stream of, static images that don't really speak to me um like literally don't speak to me so um uh i think that there's a lot of things that bands and artists can do to leverage these tools in a way that can really uh get your core fan base more engaged with you because you know like like the algorithm wants it wants engagement it 
wants people to hit the like button. It wants people to make a comment. It likes when people respond to the comments. It likes when you, you know, share a, a post and like those kind of things. And I mean, I don't know. Um, I know a lot of artists and bands that just, they don't really have the bandwidth, you know, um, to really deal with that because they're busy. I mean, let's face it. Like these, these bands, they, they work full time. And then when they're not working, um, they're trying to focus on music. They're trying to focus on doing the band thing and dedicating even a half of a, a half hour a day to trying to come up with some new creative thing to throw at your fans. Um, it isn't always easy. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I get it. I get why a lot of bands just don't do it or they don't do it very often. Um, but I do think though, that it's a quality over quantity thing at the end of the day. So regardless of whether or not you're posting every day, um, or once every five days, it kind of comes back to that point that my buddy made where it's like, as long as it has value, that's what matters. So, you know, whatever you're posting, just make it count. Um, so really, it's really, it's just, you know, if you're going to post a static image, um, like uh, there, there's a guy that I know who's in the, his name's Adam Davis. He's in the band Omnigon. He was in the band Link 80 for a long time. Okay. Like one of the things that I really admire about the way that he uses social media is that he actually tells stories in his posts. So if he posts a, a photo, he actually will, will post uh, a significant amount of text that's like tied to that post and like really tells a story about the post. And to me, that's very engaging. Yeah. Versus just, here's a photo of us sometime, blah, 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 later, you know, and that's just it, where you're like, okay, blah, you know, and you just move on. You know, if you, if you spend a little time on that post and you kind of think about it, you're like, oh, like, that's really cool, you know, and then maybe that'll compel you to hit that like button and, like, make a comment or something like that. So um, th- that's kind of my approach to it right now. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I, I, I have actually found that as, as you were talking, thinking about some of the different times, you know, some of my posts and the ones that I've gotten the most engagement on. And it, it usually is when it's when I'm saying something personal kind of from the heart and I have more text and I'm kind of like, hey, you know, here's what's been going on with me. And, and you know, every once in a while you you hit the algorithm just right. And, you know, you get a bunch of likes on something that's just kind of silly. But like, you know, the more deeper, like thought out posts where I'm sharing something that's kind of more from the heart are the ones that people tend to engage with a little bit more, you know what I mean? And, um, but then also sometimes randomly, like I'll post something and I'll be like, Oh, nobody's really going to care about this, but I just feel like posting it and it'll blow up. And it's like, and then, and then it'll be like, sometimes the one that I'll be like, okay, you know, I'm releasing a new music video. I really want a lot of people to like, listen to this one. That one won't get a lot. It's just, sometimes it, it seems a little bit like, um, like are just unexplainable sometimes I'm like why did this one get so many views and then this one didn't it just sometimes I'm like okay it just sometimes it feels like there's no rhyme or reason to it you know sure yeah I mean <laughs> the uh the way that they've set it up um with these you know platforms I feel like the engagement is is a number one you know um but in terms of what really resonates with people I you've got me man right right yeah <laughs> i mean like we all know that sex sells right so sure. obviously stuff that's like you know sexy or like whatever like that's obviously going to draw a lot of a lot of attention um if it's involving you know particular 
you know, celebrities or like themes or something that's like, you know, obviously like a, a, a buzzy, you know, word or something like that, like those are going to blow up. But like, you know, in terms of like some average schlub like myself, like just trying to do like, you know, something that I care about, but for, you know, most people probably could care less about, um, you know, I, I don't know, like, should I go and do like the goofy TikTok dance to try to get more views? <laughs> uh, maybe, but I'm not going to, like, <laughs> right. you know, I'm, I'm just going to be myself and like the people that are interested in what I have to say are the ones that I want to talk to anyway. Like, I don't like, like that's one of the weird things about these, these, these platforms is like, sometimes you'll get all these followers who are following you because literally all they want you to do is follow them back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's, it's so, it's so stupid because you're like, Oh, well, I don't know. Do, do I follow you back? Well, I'm not really interested. So no. And then like, so now you're left with like these potentially hundreds of followers that are potentially fake or they're just inactive. And so they don't do you any good um, to be there. And I mean, I, I don't know if I don't necessarily know if it hurts you to have more followers than engagers, but um, I don't know. Regardless, as long as the people that are following me are interested in what I have to say, that's all I care about. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good way to to look at it and approach it for sure. I, sure. I kind of feel the same way. Like, I don't, you know, if I have, um, you know, 100 people engaging with me, you know, but I have... 5,000 followers, but those are the people that are, you know, out of those 5,000, there might only be a hundred that really care about my music or, you know, there might be like, you know, maybe 10% of those people. And, you know, in that case, like, I'd rather just have all of those people instead of like, you know, kind of what's that phrase that, um, like, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm, what's the phrase that I'm looking for? Like cut away the fat or trim the fat, trim the fat. Um, you know, I'd rather just kind of like all these people that are randomly following me, you know, for those followbacks or whatever that I never followed back, like they can just go away. Like as far as I'm concerned, you know, if that, if that's what it is, I, I'd rather have people that like are interested in what I'm, what I'm doing. Yeah. It, it, if I had, a, if, if I could, if I could tell Instagram and Facebook, uh, to put two tools together that I think would, would serve people so well would be. The trim the fat tool, which is basically like anyone that hasn't engaged with you for like over, I don't know, six months or something like that. If you could just push one button and have them go away, I think that'd be a good, good tool to have. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but they're never, awesome. they're never going to do it because that'd be too easy. Um, and then the other one would be to have the ability to do like the paid promotion thing where it only goes to the people following you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because when you pay for the promotion, it doesn't do that automatically. It just, it goes to kind of this target audience that are people even outside of your followers. Right. Right. Which I've, I personally think is so insane. I mean, I, I understand why they do it. Like I get it, but, um, I just, I, I don't understand why they're not allowing you to do that because personally I would use that all the time. Like I would go ahead and pay like the extra dollar a day or something like that. If I knew that sure. my post was going to get to more of the people that are already following me. Yeah. But instead of, instead of doing that and basically leaving money on the table, as far as I'm concerned, they want you to throw money at them and then hope for the best, which again, I get it. Like they're a business. That's what they're in the business of doing. 
is making money. But um, I don't know. I think that there are a lot of people that would totally use use that tool that way, um, but they don't allow for it. So yeah, I totally would too because you know when I I've released a couple songs this year and um, earlier this year I uh, released the first one in March and. I had a bunch of, I've probably shared this song on my stories every day. You know, I'll just share my Instagram, my Spotify link and, um, you know, or I'll share, you know, that I got added to some playlist or something. And some of my pretty good friends were like, you know, I reached out to them. I'm like, Hey, you know, would you be interested in hearing my new song that I put out? Like, you know, and they're like, Oh yeah, sure. Totally. I didn't even know that you put one out. And I'm like, well, it was two months ago and I've posted about it like almost every day and it's not their fault. It's just that like, you know, they probably would have listened to it the first day it came out if they would have known about it. But like even the people that are following me aren't getting the information that like about what I'm doing, which kind of sucks. It's like, you know, I would totally use that that function as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think I honestly I, I think that I think that a lot of people would use that function often. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, or even like, even if they made like, honestly, even if they made like Instagram, like something where you could pay like a monthly fee and, and they guaranteed that, uh, us like a, I don't know, like 75% of your audience would see everything you posted. I, I mean, you, you might get people that would not like that because they, they, their feed would be like too crazy, you know? Sure. Um, but the, I guess the other side of that coin too is like, you can't really control how much time people spend on the app, right? Right. So reg- regardless of whether or not you could pay to make your posts more prominent in their feed, right? Um, at that point, it, it might just get too messy. So I mean, I don't know. I, that's why they don't pay me to work there. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm not an expert. Well, I but, think. But it goes back to my point, though, that like. The mailing list, like an emailing list, is really the best tool for that. If you really want to have the most engagement with your audience, emailing tool or the Bandcamp messaging is is really another another good one. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think a lot of the bands that I get that I um, are on their mailing mailing list, like you know, I open their emails, like I check and see what they're doing more often than you know, I may not have seen them on social media as frequently, but when I get, you know, oh, hey, you know, MXPX just dropped new tour dates or, um, you know, Neck Neck Deep has a new uh, merch drop. Like, I almost always open those and see what they're doing. You know, I, I feel like it's it's just, it, it feels a little bit more personal too. Like, even though sure. there's thousands of people on their email list, I'm sure. But, um, so tell me a little bit about like, I mean, I feel like this is always a question and this was really interesting on your podcast with um, Josh from Rad Girlfriend Records. Um, he was talking about demos and about how, like, you know, back in the day when I was a kid, like in the late 90s, like, you know, that was the way that you would reach out to a label is you put together this little press kit with a photo and a CD and some stickers and a T-shirt or something and send it to a label to try to get them to listen to it and and get discovered. And um, I feel like it's probably I liked his his idea of, you know, hey, I'm not going to sign these bands, but I can put out a comp with some of these bands. I thought that was really cool. And then. I'm sure that a lot of bands do that and are still are submitting demos and stuff like that. But what are some of the ways, you know, how have you discovered some of the bands that you work with now? And, um, you know, how, how, how has it worked on your end? Sure. Um, 
So some of the bands that I work with currently, um, it's uh, kind of a blend, you know, of, of a different thing. So uh, early last year, um, I kind of just threw it out there on on Facebook that I was going to be kind of re uh, recommitting myself to the record label because I had taken a few years off, like basically I'd taken a hiatus for the, with the label. Okay. And I just threw it out there. I said, hey, I'm going to start selling our records up, you know, again, and I'm interested in knowing who's putting something out. So, cause I, maybe I'd like to work with you. So let me know. And sure enough, like a lot of people that I was already acquainted with were like, Hey, like I've got a record that I'm putting out and like, let's talk. So, uh, for example, uh, unconditional arms was, uh, the first record that we put out after like this, this hiatus. And I've known Jeff for a long time. It's kind of his main, it's like, a, it's almost like a solo and everybody works with a few people on that band. And I had actually worked with him on a previous uh, album years and years ago when he was in another band called early and often. And it was just as simple as him sending me the songs and saying, Hey, it's basically ready to go. I just, you know, I, I need a label to help me put it out. So we had conversations, we talked about it, we set some expectations and we made it work. Um, similarly with, uh, the band middle-aged queers, um, I've known Sean for a long time. Like, I mean, I've known him since God, like almost 20 years, 20, 20, something, actually longer than that. Cause, um, we, we played in bands together way back in the day, like, you know, in the or mid nineties and stuff. So, um, when I knew about that record, I actually hit him up and I said, Hey, um, Oh no, 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 I'm sorry. He did hit me up, but I was under the impression that they were just going to self-release it. And I said, well, you know, if you're self-releasing it, do you really even need my help? And he said, well, you know, we could maybe work something out. And so we, we talked about it and we figured out a way that we could partner up on it basically. And so we, we came to an agreement on like how we could do this as a partnership and it worked out really great. And, um, so there's that one, um, with the band Tulpa Luna, uh, I've known them for a long time, uh, or for, for about four years, I had worked with them when they were called Warsaw. They contributed a track to a compilation album that I did a few years back. Um, so similar, you know, it was, it was a, a connection I already had. Sure. Um, the band Roland RLND, um, they were actually brought to my attention from the guys in Topol Luna. So it was kind of like a, a connection. That sure, way. sure. Yeah, and so they got me connected with them. I had conversations. You know, they similar kind of vibe with Unconditional Arms. They said, "Yeah, we have this record. It's basically ready to go. We're hoping to work with a really cool label." We worked out a figure. We figured out a way to make it work. Um, System Restore. They actually approached me um, like directly. They just basically submitted a demo and they said, "Hey, you know, we've heard about your label. We think you know, we like we like what you're doing." So it was a little bit more of that, that kind of traditional route where they, you know, approached me and they said, hey, like, you know, we, we like your label, blah, blah, blah. And so we, we had the discussions, we talked about expectations, and then we figured out a way to make it work. Um, and then um, who else? It seems like a lot of there's kind of a recurring theme of like a lot of the bands that you work with, there is a connection there and there's like somebody that knows you that you've known from the past or someone that knows you and like it seems like that um you know i mean just from my own personal experience too like um i, I was self-employed for five years and like networking is a huge part of of that but then also in the music industry that seems to be a huge part of it too is like oh well i, I know so and so in this band and 
you know, they got us on this show or they connected me with this guy from this label or this booking agent or, um, you know, I knew this guy, met this guy, you know, at a show and asked him to listen to my band and he put me on the next show. You know, like it always seems like that's the type of thing, you know, maybe not with with every time with labels, but it it seems like that's a big part of working in the music industry and being in a band as well. Would would you would you agree? Oh, sure. I mean, the, the networking just comes with the territory. Um, some some people are better at it than others. Like I, I feel like I've always been a pretty good networker in general. Um, like even outside of the scope of, of music and the music scene, because um, I understand like what exactly what you mean. Like in, in my line of work, you know, networking goes very, very handy. It comes in handy, but um, you know, with uh, like with with Next Cars, uh, they were a band that reached out to me similarly like system restore where you know they had heard of us through like friends basically uh that i had a little bit of a connection with and they said hey yeah like we've heard about you and we like what you're doing uh just check us out you know obviously no expectations or anything um and you know with them i was like oh yeah dude i really dig this this is great you know i had never met any of them in my entire life this is during a pandemic you know so there's no way to actually like have like a, a genuine like one-on-one conversation. So it was all like on the internet. Um, but I felt good about it and I felt like, you know, I, I'm, I'm digging this. I think it's a good band. I, I, I like where they're coming from. I like that they're, you know, seasoned. They're not just like some brand new thing. I mean, they're, they're a new band, but they're not new to being in bands, you know? So they, they know the drill and uh, they were, they were comfortable with us kind of keeping the expectations a little lower um, like that's that's probably the hardest conversation that it, that I have to have with bands is, you know, when when a band comes to me and they say, hey, like we're we're trying to do something on vinyl and you know we we want to do it this way and you know this is when we want to do it. Um, sometimes it's 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 really my job to kind of put the brakes and say, hey, you know, yes, that's all good. Um, I think that those are all like great goals, but um, let's talk about it and like let's figure out, okay, like how realistic is it for this to be something that's really going to pan out for you in a way, yeah. in a way that's positive because sure because like on one hand you should feel empowered to just do it and it's just like you know what there's no rules if i want to press 500 copies of a, of a of a vinyl record and with no um, real assuredness that they're all going to sell i should just go ahead and feel empowered to do that okay? because like why not right you only get one life and like you may as well do it. Sure. But sure. at the end of the day though, that costs a lot of money and that takes up a lot of space in your closet and like <laughs> all of these things. And I hate to say it, but unless you're willing to put in the extra effort that it takes to sell those records, they're probably just going to sit in the closet, you know? So, um, that's where I have to have this kind of hard conversation with a lot of bands and say, okay, so if we do this, this is my expectation. Like this is what I need from you, you know? Um, because, I'm probably not going to give you my money unless I have some sort of guarantee that it's going to come back to me, you know? And that's the reality. Like I, I don't, I, I do this for fun. I do, you know, but, and I, and I really don't, it's not my job. Like I do, I do not do this as my job. Like I do not do this to make a dime. You know, that's really what it comes down to it. Um, if I do make money, it all goes back to the label. That's the way I run this. That's the way I'm always going to run it. That will always be the way I run it, you know? Um, so, but I would rather <laughs> be able to say with confidence that if I put out a record for a band, 
that I'm at very least going to see the investment that I made come back to me. You know, as long as that happens, that's all that I care about. You know, well, okay. Like, let me let me also tag on to that. I also absolutely care that the band, you know, grows, gets their audience sure. bigger. Like, of course, all of that stuff as well. But at the end of the day, from a business side of things, what matters most to me is really making sure that okay, if I'm going to put like X amount of dollars into this and all of my time, that I'm going to see a return that's going to be able to move me to the next project in a way that's not going to have me going deeper into my pockets to make it happen. Because if that's the case, I can't do it anymore. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think I would think that a lot of your bands that you work with would appreciate that kind of conversation. Oh, but... they, they totally do. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I actually, I refuse to work with bands that don't see it that way. Sure. I just, I can't, you know, I, I can't afford to, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fool's errand, you know, cause I, I can't just throw a few thousand dollars a few times a year at music and projects that aren't going to go anywhere. I just can't do it. Now, you know, last year was an interesting animal, right? Because we didn't have shows. Um, so we didn't have like the, the traditional way to normally get the music in front of most people because, um, we had more people online more often than ever because we're all at home. We're sitting at home, which in all, in a lot of ways actually benefited me because here I was able to actually broadcast to more people, I think more often. And so I think that I was able to have more organic reach that way, you know, while as before it would have been really, the onus would have been really on the bands to do a lot of the heavy lifting, you know, because they're the ones playing shows. They're the ones kind of getting it in front of their audience and, you know, that kind of thing. Cause like I don't have a physical, I don't have a distribute distributor, so I don't have my records going into record stores. You know, well, it's not yet. Um, so everything that I do is truly just, hey, like I'm trying to get it in front of as many people as possible. I'm basically playing the odds. You know, so if I get in front of ten thousand people and two hundred fifty of them decide to buy a copy, great. You know, that worked out. Um, but last year was the best year in our label's existence. And this year is leading up to be even better. So I'm not saying that, I mean, Josh pointed this out too, but you know, when in his podcast, sure. but like, you, you know, it's a, it's a silver lining to a awful situation. And in that, you know, because we had this global negative event, it, I think caused a, um, it caused the world to have to pay more attention to what's going on in the ways that I'm able to present it. You know, so it, in that in that effect, it kind of turned into like this positive thing for me. And I'm hoping that it, it will bleed into what goes forward when, when you know shows do come back and like, well, they are coming back at this point. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with that, with the with the, the silver lining thing. Um, you know, for me, um, I went through a huge life transition. You know, I had separated from my wife. We've been together for 12 years, literally like two weeks before the pandemic. I moved into a new apartment and. Um, that was pretty insane. And right a few months before that I had gotten a new job and so it was all, um, and then COVID hit and I was alone, but it was very good for me in a way to like, you know, for, for some of that, just like processing of everything that was happening in my life and this big transition. But also I think on the music side, like, um, I wasn't at the very beginning of the pandemic, I was not feeling very creative and motivated to like do stuff. You know, I was going through, it was like, 
I was on the struggle bus for a minute, but like when, you know, probably about August of last year, I was like, okay, it's, if now, now is the time to, I have a, I have a rehearsal studio. I'm going to start going to this studio pretty much five days a week. Um, if not more, um, sometimes less, but you know, three to five times a week was kind of the mark of like, I'm going to practice, I'm going to write, I'm going to try to just really put out my best stuff. And, um, you know, try to put out the best thing that I can and, and get as many people to listen to it as I can. And, um, it really did help. And, you know, uh, I think I, I totally agree with you too. And that, that has helped me now. Like I'm, I'm hoping that it'll bleed over to like, you know, I'm starting to build up my listeners on my Spotify and starting to build up some of my, my social media and stuff like that. So I'm hoping that, you know, the residual effect will be more people are paying attention to what I'm doing online and that will translate into real life interactions. You know what I mean? Um, eventually. So, um, yeah, I agree. I, I'm always the type of person that kind of tries to look for the positive out of every situation too. Um, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, something that I'm trying to focus a lot of attention on right now is, and, and this was like my mission statement from day one was to really try to build a, a community based around the record label because like I've mentioned this a few times in my podcast and just I think out there on social media where there are some record labels right now and bands that are affiliated with these record labels that are just killing it. They're like the one that I keep coming back to is bad time records. You know, it's a ska punk. It's a ska punk label based out here in Alameda, California. Uh, Mike Sisinski from kill Lincoln runs it. Oh, I was going to say is kill. Isn't kill Lincoln on that label. Yeah. I thought, yeah, he's got a bunch of great bands and he's got a bunch of great people that are working with them, you know, kind of, uh, but it's, it's mostly a one person operation, much like sell the heart. But you know, he he not only uh, is working with a type of music that right now is is kind of thriving, you know, but the reason why it's thriving is because all of the bands and all of the fans and him are all collectively hyping it up. And they're all collectively working together as a community <laughs> to actually build it and build it and broadcast it and put it in front of people's faces and talk about it in a positive light and share stories about it. And that is how you grow your scene. It's not hard. It's really not hard. The, the, the hard part is getting people to come with you on this journey, you know, because if I go out there and if I broadcast something on social media, I say, Hey, like I'm looking for like, like one of the things that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to build like a subscription base where like you know i offer a subscription on Bandcamp. i offer offer a vinyl subscription for like you know my record club basically if i had like 50 or so people signed up for either one of those that would be huge for me because that's 50 people that are automatically going to get every record that we put out which means 50 people are, are going to be paying for this record and you know, that's a, it's not something that I would ever necessarily expect people to just jump at, but at the same time, like, I know that I'm the type of person that likes a lot of different types of music. And if I'm getting, if I'm able to get that music for like a, a, a good deal, especially, I'm more willing to do that. So for example, like my Bandcamp subscription is only three bucks a month. So you pay three bucks a month, you get everything we're going to put out in perpetuity until you stop, you know, subscribing. 
So, dude, for less than a cup of coffee, yeah, I was gonna say a whole lot of music. That's a cup of coffee, yeah. (laughs) It's literally a cup of coffee for for a month, and and you get everything. And like, I'm 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 just constantly trying to convince people. It's like, hey, man, this is so cheap. You know, we like we already devalue music so much. You know, with the way that like streaming services do it, and like you know, everyone kind of pirates music, and like you know, blah 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 blah, and like they they complain about like music being too expensive and that's all fine like you know everyone has their opinion everyone's welcome to their opinion but you know as somebody who's worked the grind who's been a musician who advocates for musicians who, who's trying to really reconvince people that music does hold value and that the work people are doing is valuable and that sometimes has to come in the form of money you know yeah like three dollars yeah. for a month to get 20 records it seems like a no brainer to me, you know, and if you want the vinyl, you can, you can get, you know, basically like right now I'm offering basically seven albums for 80 bucks with shipping, you know? Wow. I mean, that's, that's a steal. Yeah. You know, like you, you won't find that anywhere, but you know, I'm trying to build this community of like-minded people who are willing to talk about the stuff that I'm doing and it's, it's slowly growing. Like I do see it. Like, so the people that are doing it, I thank you. And like, I really do appreciate it. Um, because that get, does go a long way, but um, I, I'd love for it to be bigger. So you know, sure, I'm really sure. trying to, yeah. And like, I, I don't know what else I can do besides just ask. You know, yeah, yeah, can. absolutely, absolutely. That's very, uh, you know, something that I'm trying to do in, here in St. Louis, and and I feel like you hit the nail on the head. And because um, when I when I put out my music here in St. Louis, and this is where I'm from, lived here most of my life, like. There was no Instagram account or no media outlet in or no zine or anything like that or even a blog. There's a couple blogs here, but they're not punk or like alternative music focused. Um, and I was like, that's kind of I wish there was something like that. So I started this Instagram account called 314 Punk. And, you know, all I've been doing is just, um, you know, I don't even really care that if people know that it's I haven't even told very many people that it's me running the account because I don't want it to be like a self-serving thing or um and you know but all I've been doing is going reaching out to bands and saying hey we want to post about you on our Instagram account give me a photo and a few sentences about what you're doing and a few like you know for fans of type thing and we'll shout you out let me know when what when you're playing a show to have like some kind of sen- and have it and it's all positive. I don't care if you have a hundred followers or if you have ten thousand followers. Like it's all just if you're trying to do something like um, you know let's hype each other up a little bit. And I feel like sometimes people get this idea of competition of or of like they get clicky about like well I'll I'll share my buddy's bands but I don't want to share this guy's band. You know what I mean? And I really want to try to break down that you know and and just kind of. Maybe not even necessarily break it down, but just kind of share about what people are doing in a, in St. Louis in the punk scene in like a positive light and and grow it. And so what you just said about like hyping each other up and, and sharing about what other bands are doing, like I think that's so key in having a good, healthy music scene, you know, and that's something that I am trying to do here as well. So, well, you know, it 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 only works if everyone's doing it, you know. Um, and there, there is like this delicate balance where you do have to kind of, you do have to avoid creating more white noise, you know, sure, when sure. you do it. So there, you know, there is this certain level of savvy that comes with it. So, 
you know, I'm, I'm not going to ever expect or would never want somebody to literally repost everything I, I post, you know, now I've seen that happen and like, it's great when people do it, but, um, like sometimes I think it's, it, it, sometimes I think it can be overkill, but, um, you know, if, if, especially when like I'm releasing a brand new record or if there's a new single out or if there's a new video, um, something like that, like that might be worth like saying, Hey, like, you know, I really like this band, check out this video. Or like, you know what, I'm going to buy this album. You guys should check it out. You know, little thing, little things like that. It doesn't have to be much, you know? Um, but all of that stuff, cause all it does is exponentially grow your potential reach yeah. you know, by doing. So it, it, you're, you're essentially trying to build like a, like a, like a street team, you know? Yeah. 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 Like, like a, dig, a digital street team, essentially, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, I, I even tried to formally do that and like, it didn't really work that well, but, <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, it's like, a, if, I mean, if I had even like 10 people like that were just committed to broadcasting to their audience every single time, like, that would be something. Sure. You know? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Well, so real quick, um, I'd love to ask, is anything, uh, what's happening, any new news on Tsunami Bomb and what you guys are up to this year? Any shows or anything in the works? Well, I mean, there's, there's a lot in the works. There's a lot of, there's a lot of talking going on right now. Um, we haven't committed to anything as far as shows yet. Um, we have been getting off first and we've been getting some, like, uh, you know, we've been having discussions about like what it is that we'd like to do, but we're just not really sure if we're ready to pull the trigger on that just yet. Sure, um, sure. And a lot, of, a lot of it just has to do with the fact that, you know, we have to deal with the logistics of our own personal lives, you know? Uh, so, you know, coming out of this like giant pandemic, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we want to do just as individuals um, outside of the sure. band. So we're trying to, to navigate like, Hey, well, what's going to take priority? What's going to take precedence? But it's certainly on our radar. Um, the thing that we have been doing is like, you know, we have some, we have some music that's in the works Awesome. And we also have some stuff that's going to be coming out soon. We just haven't, we can't announce it yet. Um, we did just recently release a seven inch of two covers that we recorded. Um, it was through Kung Fu Records, which is affiliated yeah. with Cleopatra Records now. Um, and so they, they released this. It's available for pre-order right now. So you can go to the tsunamibomb.bandcamp.com and you can order it there. Um, and then we, not that long ago, uh, like late last year, released another seven inch, which was uh, two live tracks on side B, and then two re-recordings of classic songs from like earlier in the in the career that we kind of updated, okay, you know, to, to to kind of fit the, the way the band is right now. Yeah. Um, but we are gearing up towards a new release soon. Uh, we just don't. We can't really comment much on it at this point. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I. I saw that you guys played that um, uh, Punk the Burbs Fest in Chicago. Um, I guess it was probably towards the end of 2019, um, but that looked like yeah. a really like a really fun fest. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, the folks that put that on are, are really great, uh, Caitlin yeah. and and all of them. The, the crew out there were were awesome. Um, you know, we we hadn't played Chicago since regrouping as a band, and um, you know it was it was kind of a big deal for us to be able to go out there to play. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we had a blast. I mean, it was a really, really fun time. Really a lot of great bands, you know, showed up and, um, 
yeah, we, we ended up making like a nice like kind of day trip the following day. And like uh, a friend of ours who lives out there, uh, Kendra, what up, Kendra? Uh, <laughs> she um, uh, gave us like a big tour of, of uh, Chicago and we almost caught a Cubs game too. Oh, we, sick. Like, yeah, we, 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 it didn't dawn on us to even think to, to look. And sure enough, there was a Cubs game going on. We ended up walking past Wrigley Field. That's like, awesome. Oh, snap, there's a Cubs game. We should have gone. Yeah, yeah. No, I, so I'm, a, I'm from St. Louis. I'm a big Cardinals fan. Of course, Cardinals-Cubs is a big rivalry, but sure. I've always wanted to go to Wrigley. I think it would be yeah. such an awesome experience, you know, even though it's been, like, indoctrinated into my mind to hate the Cubs since I was, like, <laughs> two years old. But I would I'm love to go. I mean, yeah. I'm a Giants fan. It's funny. I'm a Giants fan. I live in the East Bay. So, like, everyone says, oh, you don't like Oakland? I'm like, well, I like Oakland just fine. I'm just a Giants fan, you know? Yeah. But, you know, what, what can you do? For sure. For sure. Awesome. Well, Andy, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. This was, I mean, I gained a lot from just connecting with you and, and hearing some of the things that you have to say. And um, I'm feeling really inspired and, and lifted up right now. I'm sure that our listeners are as well. So, um, uh, and, and. Is there anything that you'd like to kind of, you know, mention to people like anything that you have coming up with the label or any of your bands or with your podcast as well? And then how can people find you online? Sure. So, the, you know, the main thing that I would like throw it out there is that, you know, like I said, sell the heart records. We have a lot of great albums in our back catalog. We recently released a couple of great records from like next scars we have yeah. uh, one coming up from the band heavy seas from chicago uh we've got three more albums that we're uh, going to be announcing through the end of the year so i would really appreciate if people just you know followed us on instagram or twitter or even tiktok facebook you can follow us there but honestly like i've kind of given up on facebook um Better yet, you can come to any of those platforms and there's a link tree where you can sign up for our mailing list. Awesome. That would be the best way to get in touch. Um, if you want to sign up for our subscription options, if you go to Bandcamp for as little as three bucks a month, you can have all the music we're putting out and then you just you know keep a, keep on subscribing. You get a discount on physical merch too if you do that. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah, that's just selltheheartrecords.bandcamp.com. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, I, the podcast that I do is called Question the Answers Podcast. Um, you can find it on all the socials. You can find it on you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Um, I'm probably going to be taking a little bit of a break from that, to be honest. Like once I hit episode number 52, I'll have done like a whole year. So, um, but you know, I, I I I have spoken with a lot of really awesome people, a lot of cool stories. Um, it's mostly a way to like kind of shine a light on some of the people that are involved in the music scene but aren't necessarily the musicians sure. I think so many podcasts only yeah. talk to musicians themselves so I, you know I've talked to people who were like photographers booking agents PR agents um, people who do like big promotions but I also talk to a lot of cool bands so you can find that um, you know Tsunami Bomb you can find us on all the socials we have tsunamibomb.net which is our website um, if you want to sign up for, our, for that band's um, uh, mailing list you can become a member of the bomb squad which is pretty fun um and then yeah I, I mean we have the vinyl subscription club through sell the heart as well so if you go to our sell the heart records dot you can find that there and it's as little as 80 bucks you get everything we're putting out this year on vinyl and it, it includes shipping so pretty pretty good deal yeah awesome awesome very cool stuff man thank you again i really appreciate you taking the time and um, I'll probably have this up uh, next week sometime, and uh, yeah, definitely keep in touch, and I'll I'll be following along with everything that you're doing, and um, let me know if there's any way I can help you down the line. 
Wes, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for reaching out, and I, I wish you nothing but the best. Thanks so much. Absolutely. You too. Bye-bye.